probably try to swim it, and he does. Ball comes loose, and the Bears have to get out of bounds. Rodgers along the sideline, another one. They're still in deep trouble in midfield. They tried to do a couple of... church awesome hey it's uh, it's the most exciting play in college football until last night right so if you uh if you watch college football maybe you saw that miami duke uh highlight if you haven't and you like football i encourage you to go watch that because it was absolutely just insane and so uh we are in this fourth and long series and today we're actually going to wrap this series up uh and i'll tell you a little bit more uh, about what comes next week uh, we start a brand new series next week but um, I want to start out today by asking you, uh, not, not really a question, but, but giving you an illustration to sort of uh, set up the message today, because this is what I think is really, really um, simple, but yet very, very powerful. So think about this for a second. Vince Lombardi was by far one of the greatest football coaches ever. All right, so Vince Lombardi, you, you may have heard of his name, Lo- the Lombardi Trophy. That's the trophy that they give out uh, it, at the end of the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl champion. And so Vince Lombardi was the coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he was an amazing teacher of men. And one of the things that Vince Lombardi did every single season is, is he would gather around his players. It didn't matter how long they had been in the organization. didn't matter how long uh, he had coached them. He got all of them together at the very beginning of the season, uh, before they played their first game, right when they were about to have their practices, and he would get them in the locker room together, and he would take them all out onto the football field, onto the practice field. And he would have them look around, and he would begin to explain to them everything that was around them. He would say, gentlemen, this is a, this is a sideline over here, and these are yard markers, and these are the yards, and, and he would point to the end zone, he would look at the end zone there, but then he would take a football, and he would hold up a football in front of them, and with this football, he would look at them and say, and gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> and these guys, especially some of these guys that have been playing football like all of their life, they're like, duh, right? I mean, we, we get that. He would, say, he would say, this is a football. And then he would t- take that football and he would say, it's shaped oddly. And so sometimes it bounces a little weird. But he would say, but when we take this football and we have this football in our hands and we make it cross this goal line more than the other team crosses the goal line, we win the game every single time. And it was so simple, it was so easy, but yet it was so very powerful and profound. And, and every time I think about that, I, I think of like these football analysts, you know, that get together and I mean, you know, they talk. I mean, we got a whole channel about nothing but football, right? NFL Network. Can I get an amen for NFL Network? Anyway, I love it, right? And so, but they talk nothing but football. But I wish like just once, just once before a football game, that when they, they're sitting there and they go, Bill, what are the keys to the game today? And Bill goes, well, Bob, let me tell you what the keys of the game today are. If the other team scores more points than the other team, they will win the game every single time. You know, like I wish just once somebody would do that. But instead, we've got to break it down and all that stuff. 
But that's exactly what Vince Lombardi was saying. He was saying, look, this is very simple. It's very simple, but yet it's very, very, very powerful. And here's the thing. Sometimes the most profound things or sometimes the most fundamental things can also be the most powerful things. Today I want to share with you a, a, a fundamental belief and action for followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus today, then this is a, a fundamental part of being a follower of Christ. It's one of the things that, that sets being a, a, a follower of Jesus apart from, from any other religion. It's the belief that what has been shared with you, what has been shown to you, what has been taught to you, does not end with you. It's actually meant to go through you. You see, the gospel that has been given to you, the, the, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus Christ uh, came and, and lived amongst us, God in the flesh, and he gave his life up for us to rescue us and save us from our sins. That's the gospel. That's the good news. But that good news was not meant to end with you. It's actually meant to go through you. It's not something that, that we just keep for ourselves. It's not just for you. It's also for those around you. Now, we've, we've been in this series for three weeks now, and today's the last week of this, of this series called Fourth and Long, and we're using this analogy, Fourth and Long, uh, to really just paint a picture of what it means to, to get behind. Because sometimes we get behind in life, don't we? Sometimes it feels like life just begins to, to pile up on us. We get behind financially, we get behind relationally, we, we get behind uh, maybe in our marriage, we get behind in our careers. We can we just get behind, and sometimes it feels like when we get behind, it feels like that being able to move forward, being able to go forward in life seems hopeless, seems impossible. And so uh, we're talking about these fourth and long moments. And I don't know about you, but, but we all respond differently to fourth and long moments in our own lives, don't we? Like some of us get very frustrated, some of us get very angry, some of us get very sad, some of us uh, get to that place where we just feel like there is no hope. But not only do we respond differently, I think, each one of us to our own fourth and long moments, I also think that we all respond differently to fourth and long moments to those around us. Because maybe you're in a fourth and long moment today. Maybe that's you. But if it's not you, and even if it is you, here, here's what I know to be true about every single one of us. Every single one of us knows someone in our little slice corner of the world, right? We all know someone that's in a fourth and long moment. We all know someone. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's somebody you go to school with. Maybe it's somebody that you're an acquaintance with. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe they're in this room with you right now. But it's fourth and long for them. And I think that we all respond differently to that as well. I know for me, just personally, just being absolutely honest with you, I, I know that I, I respond differently to fourth and long moments to people uh, around me, whether they're really close to me or whether it's just somebody, uh, you know, that I know. But uh, sometimes I respond, and maybe you do this too, but sometimes I respond to their fourth and long moment like just relief that it's not me. You know, like I'm just, I'm just glad that, I'm just glad that it's not me because here's, I know that it could be me. It could be me at any moment. And so sometimes my response is just being relieved that it's not me. Sometimes my response, and again, I'm human. I'm a pastor, but I'm, I'm human. And maybe you do this too, but sometimes my response is, 
are you kidding me again like there in fourth and long like again do you do that do you have people in your life like that that you're just like are you kidding me like again like you're you're there again come on right and so sometimes sometimes i respond that way other times you know sometimes i, I respond by saying i don't have time for this i just don't like i don't I'm in my own fourth and long, and I don't have time for your fourth and long, right? But other times, I think, and I think this is the one that's most common to all of us, is I think our, sometimes our response is, you know what, I would, I would love to help you in your fourth and long, but I just don't know how. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I, I just don't know how to, to, to be there with you. And so what tends to happen when we find ourselves in that moment and, and that response toward others that are in their own fourth and long is what tends to happen there is we do nothing at all because we don't know what to do. So we don't do anything. Today, today is about those moments. Not your fourth and long moment, but for those fourth and long moments for those around us. It's about not missing the moment to, to help out, to be part of helping someone else believe that, that with God, anything is possible. So what we said a couple of weeks ago in, in the first message of the series is, is, is we talked about how with man, it seems impossible. And so on your own, under your own power, uh, the way that you're going to do it yourself, the way that I'm going to do it myself, without God, it is impossible. But we need to be anything is possible kind of people as followers of Christ. With God, anything is possible. And I ask you the question, do you believe that? Do you believe that with God, anything is possible? You see, as followers of Jesus, this is something you and I are called to do. To be anything, not only to be anything is possible kind of people, but we, you and I are called to be a reflection of the image and the glory of God. Do you know that? Like you, you and I, and, and I know how jacked up I am, and sometimes I think about that, and I'm like, you want me to reflect? That's going to be weird. Like, and so, I, like, I know, but, it, but this is what the Scripture tells us. It says that we, we are called to be a reflection of the image and the glory of God, and so the way that we say it here at the Ridge is we say that we're called to be a reflection of the gospel, that good news about Jesus. You and I are, are called to be that as followers of Christ, and so here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus today, is completely not optional. Today is completely, it, it's not optional. Today, today is one of those messages where I, what I hope happens at the end of this message today is not one of those things where you take a few notes down or, or maybe you, uh, you know, lock it in. You got that, you know, steel mind, you know, trap there and, and going on up there and like you lock it in right there and you're like, I'm going to use that at some point. Like today, like today is not one of those moments. Today, if you're a follower of Jesus, today is one of those moments where you got to respond by saying, I'm called to be that. I'm called to do that. As a reflection of the image and the glory of God, this is what we're called to be. And so what, uh, if you don't mind, open up to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, it's in the uh, New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, if you get there, you missed it, so go back a little bit. Um, Mark chapter 2, scripture will be on the screen back here behind me as well. I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. We'll just unpack them as we go along. But this incredible exchange, this incredible moment happens uh, right in front of Jesus. And Jesus does something absolutely, uh, A, what we would expect him to do, I think. And then uh, also sort of um, 
in a way that we don't really expect him to also. Check this out. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says this. It says, And when he, talking about Jesus, had returned to Capernaum, after some days it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And so in your mind, if you could just picture this, Jesus is in a house, right? House party going on. It's absolutely packed to the gills. Jesus is, is teaching. He's inside of the house. It's not his house. It's probably one of his disciples' house. Uh, and, and so there are so many people inside of the house trying to get to Jesus that nobody else can get in. Nobody else can come through the doors. Nobody else can stand around the windows. There are just way too many people around this house, and Jesus is teaching them. Now, listen to what happens next, verse 3. And they came. He's talking about the crowds, that the crowds came, but more specifically talking about a, a group of guys that are coming. It says, And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Verse 4. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Now, a couple of things. We don't know a lot about this guy that's being carried to Jesus. We know that he's a paralytic. We know that he's paralyzed. We know that he's got some really good friends, doesn't he? He's got some really good friends who, they, their mission right now for that day is to get their friend to Jesus. Now, listen to what happens. It says, there were so many people in the house, and they could not get near Jesus because of the crowd. The Bible says that they turned around and went home. Is that, no, wait, it's not what it says, is it? <laughs> no, it says... That they didn't turn around and went home. They, it says that they just dropped him and left him there. Oh, no, that's not what it says either. It says that they removed the roof above him. Listen to what happens. There's so many people there that they literally climb on top of the house. And imagine for a moment, Jesus surrounded by all of these people. And then they start to hear a little banging and clanging and, you know, some knocking going on up on the roof. And there are all of these people standing around Jesus. And all of a sudden, things start falling off of the ceiling, right? And people are like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? And then, next thing you know, the sky opens up in the ceiling, right? And the air starts to, to rush into the room, and Jesus is looking up. And the next thing you know, there are these four little heads poking out of the hole in the roof, right? And they're like, Jesus? Where's Jesus? Is Jesus here? Right? And there he is. And then they take their friend. And they pick up the mat, and they lay him at the feet of Jesus. They lay him there. Now, these guys, they, they could have seen the crowd, and they could have went home. They saw the crowd, and they saw that they couldn't get to Jesus, and they could have just stopped, and they said, Hey, man, listen, we love you, um, but it's just not going to happen today. Like, we're going to have to, maybe, maybe tomorrow, you know, maybe we'll wait for Jesus to come out of the house, you know. But it's just not going to happen today. We, we can't get you to Jesus. Or, or maybe we'll just sit you here, and when Jesus comes out, yell, and he, maybe he'll see you, right? Like, not, none, of, none of that happens. They, they could have done that, but what happens instead is they believe something so powerful that they pushed through any obstacle that had gotten in their way. 
As followers of Jesus, sometimes you and I, I think this, I, I think we, we are notorious for that. I know that I am. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're much better at this than I am, but I, I can be notorious at this. But sometimes, sometimes we spend too much time looking at the obstacles and not enough time looking at the opportunities. Sometimes we spend too much time looking at the obstacles and not enough at the opportunities. And these four friends, they, they saw an opportunity. And listen, they saw an opportunity, not an obstacle. They saw a way. They believed that if they could get him to Jesus, anything would be possible. Anything would be possible. And isn't that what good friends do? Isn't that what good friends do? That when you don't have enough faith for yourself, they let you borrow some of theirs? And they do whatever it takes to get you to Jesus. They don't look at the obstacle. They look at the opportunity. A few weeks ago, in the beginning of this series, we said that you and I, we as followers of Christ, we need to be anything as possible kind of people. And I asked you a question. I asked, do you believe that for yourself? Do you believe that, that with God anything is possible? Well, to take that a step further, do you believe it for others? Do you believe that for others? Or are you focused too much on the obstacles in their lives? Because we do that too, don't we? Like we, we don't we write people off sometimes? And, and we look at the obstacles in their lives and we, and we think, you know what, that person's too far gone. Like, Jesus can't, Jesus can't do anything with that. Like, <laughs> or, or, or we think, you know what, that, that, person is, that person is too far gone in their addiction, and, 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 and there, there's nothing else that can take place here. That, that person is, is too broken. There's too much stuff in their past, or, or they're, just, they're just too far gone for Jesus to do anything for them. And so sometimes we write them off. We say no for them. We look at the obstacles and not the opportunities. But isn't it true? The greater the obstacle, the greater the opportunity. Do you believe that? Do you believe that for others? One of our core values here at our church is that, that we want to leverage the restrictions. And so if you walk out here in the hall and you head down toward the cafe, there's seven core values on the wall out there. And maybe you've seen those. Maybe you've been here for a long time. And you're like, what are these things? Like, I don't even, like that's what the, they're our core values. It's the sort of the, the rudder that guides the ship here uh, at the ridge, but not just for us corporately, but for you and I as followers of Christ individually and personally. And so one of those core values is, is we say that we want to leverage the restrictions. We don't want to focus on the obstacles. We want to find the opportunity. We don't want to allow an obstacle to become a boundary for us that says, you know what, this obstacle is so great that you, only ha you can only operate within the boundaries of this obstacle. See, Jesus, Jesus never let an obstacle be a boundary for him. It was an opportunity. And these four men are a beautiful example of this. The obstacle was an opportunity. Listen to what happens next, verse 5 says this, and when Jesus saw their faith, now let me stop right there, whose faith? Theirs, the, the faith of the, of the friends, not the faith of, of the man who was paralyzed. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. 
Now, Jesus tells him that his sins are forgiven. And I, I, maybe I've read this, and maybe you thought this too. It's like, well, why didn't he just heal him? Well, you see, sometimes I think, not sometimes, all the time, I think Jesus gave him what he needed most. Jesus gave him what he needed most. And sometimes what we need most is not to just be better, but before we get better, to be healed. And healing comes through redemption of our sins first. Because, you listen, we can be better here, and it's not working out so well for us on the other side. And that does us no good whatsoever. Jesus gives him what he needs most. The friend's faith, it moved Jesus. It says that, he's, that he was so moved by their faith. Moved by what they did, not by what they believed because of what... But, but because of what they did. You see, faith, why don't you hear me when I say this? Faith requires action. Faith requires action. Faith, sometimes, sometimes it's okay for us to, to speak words of faith, and that's okay. Sometimes we have to, we have to motivate ourselves through, through words of faith and be motivated by words of faith. But faith always requires action. True faith will always lead you to an action. It's not something that we just sit on. It's something that leads us to do something. And so faith requires action. The faith of these men, it, it led them to an action to climb up onto a roof, to remove the roof, and to let their friend down in front of Jesus. And this bothered some people in the room. It bothered some people in the room. And listen to what happens next, verse 6. I find this part really funny. Now, some of the scribes, some of these religious leaders, they were, they were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Really important to understand. They've not said a word. They're thinking about this. They're questioning inside their own head. Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And this is, I find this so funny. And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them. Now stop for a second. You hear what just happened here? These guys thought something, and Jesus knew what they were thinking. So what are you thinking this morning? <laughs> All right. So, like, I mean, think about it. I mean, they've not said a word. They're only thinking these things, and Jesus is going the whole time. He's like, I'm God. I know what you're thinking, right? Like, you should stop. Okay, you're going to keep going? Okay, we'll do this. Let's do this, right? Listen to what he says next. He says, why do you question these things in your hearts? Now, imagine if you were just sitting in a room and you're thinking something and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, why are you thinking that? Thinking what? Right? It's like, Jesus is what he does. Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed, and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he does this. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Now, I think when they said that, I don't think that they meant just the fact that this man was healed. I think they also mean that they had never seen somebody climb up onto a roof, open it up, and then let a, a guy down, and then he get healed. 
they'd never seen anything like this before. It was so amazing to them. That kind of faith, that kind of power. Don't you want to be that kind of friend? Like, don't, like, wouldn't you love, like, part of your story to be like that? To be able to say, you know what, I had a friend who was in fourth and long, and they just didn't, ha- they didn't have the, the faith that they needed to go on, but I had enough faith that I could share my faith with them. That I could carry their mat for them. That I could tear off a roof for them. Because sometimes it feels crazy to tear a roof off. And that's a big risk. But aren't you tired of playing it safe? Are you tired of playing, I don't know, are you tired of playing it safe as as a believer? Are you tired of playing safe Christianity? Safe following of Jesus? Following Christ is is a greater, it's, it's the greatest adventure that you could ever embark upon if you listen to the Holy Spirit and follow Him. I, I can see it in some of your faces. Some of you are tired of playing it safe. Good. Tearing, roof, uh, tearing a roof off, carrying mats is not safe. Think about this. Has someone ever carried the mat for you? someone ever carried you someone ever tore a roof off for you and i don't mean that literally like if that's like you've had that story let's talk because that's pretty amazing but like metaphorically speaking like someone someone carried the mat for you everyone if you're a follower of jesus in here i know that somebody's carried the mat for you because they shared the gospel with you somebody carried the mat for you Somebody tore a roof off for you. Some of you are here and you're in this room right now because somebody pestered the pee out of you to get you to show up here on a Sunday. They tore a roof off for you. We, uh, this past week on Tuesday night, we have recovery groups that meet here on Tuesday night, and uh, they had a celebration service on Tuesday night, meaning that they, uh, they just celebrated all that God had been doing in the lives of, of people walking through recovery uh, here at the Ridge. And it was just a, a beautiful time of, of sharing stories, and I think they, they gave out like 12 chips. We call it chip night. Uh, it's, it, it's not, we're not playing poker, but, but what happens is, is, is they, get this, uh, they get this little chip that uh, signifies different things. For some people, it says, hey, I've been sober for uh, a certain length of time, or I've been walking in, uh, you know, I've been walking uh, in integrity for a certain length of time, or uh, some people even come up and they get their first chip, meaning that they're taking their next step uh, in recovery and, 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 and just this healing process that they're going through, and, and uh, we celebrate that. And there were, I don't know how many people there were here, maybe uh, 60, 75, 80, something like that. Gary, would you say something like that? I mean, it was packed. Right, it was, it, was a, it was a big deal, and so um, well, we uh, we celebrated those things. But something that, uh, really cool took place is that uh, there was a um, an AA group that came uh, to to be a part of it as well, because uh, one of their guys uh, that had been going through AA with them, who is also a believer, uh, he was actually speaking and, and just sharing his story. And so they showed up. They came uh, with him and showed up with him, and. Um, Tara Gibson, who helps lead our recovery uh, ministry and recovery groups here, uh, she wrote this. Let me just read you what she wrote uh, on, one of our, um, on one of our boards here that we communicate through. She said this. She said, I'm finally sitting down after an amazing evening. I just have to say I learned a lot about discipleship from our new friends from AA. 
They live life together in full pursuit of their sobriety, encouraging each other every step of the way of every day. They are passionate about their brothers and sisters' sobriety as much as they are about their own, and they are willing to go out, listen, out of their comfort zones to help each other gain and maintain sobriety. They extend this towards each other because, listen, because someone else had extended that same grace to them at their lowest point. I learned tonight that as Christ followers, we should have the same passion for our brothers and sisters. After all, Jesus extended his grace for our, our salvation. Can you even comprehend what that means? If we cared as much about each other's salvation and discipleship as they care about each other's sobriety, this world would look a lot different. Isn't that cool? It was really cool to see uh, in person as well. You see, these four friends, they did whatever it took to get him to Jesus. They were a reflection of the gospel for this man. The, the gospel, the, the good news that Jesus came to rescue us from our sins because we could not save ourselves. So listen, Jesus did whatever it took to rescue us, which meant having to die. Whatever it took. The king of glory became a nobody to bring salvation to everybody. And as reflections of the gospel, of this same gospel, this is what you and I are called to. That's why I say today, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is not an option for us. To be the body that goes to anybody who needs somebody, and that somebody being Jesus. And so when it's fourth and long, people need Jesus. Not just anybody, they, they need Jesus, and they, they need us to be that reflection of Jesus to them. So our, I ask you this question, are you, a, are you a fourth and long friend? Do you want to be a fourth and long friend? A fourth and long friend carries the map and will tear a roof off. They sacrifice. They're not afraid to get messy they give time, they give energy. Fourth and long friends tear the roof off so that you know that with God, anything will be possible. You see, these men, they, they believe that. They believe that if they could get their friend to Jesus, that anything could be possible. And if we believe that with God, anything is possible, then we have to do whatever it takes to show others that same incredible truth. Here's what I want you to do. In just a few minutes, I'm going to give you just something to do right now, something that all of us right here could do. But one of my greatest frustrations just as a pastor, just being honest with you, I'm, again, I'm human. I have frustrations. There are things that bother me. This is one of those things. Um, sometimes as, as a pastor, one of the things that, that bothers me is that uh, I'll get a phone call or an email from somebody, and it'll say, It'll say something like, hey, I've got this friend, and they're, they're, they're kind of jacked up. They're, really, like, they're really kind of messed up. They're really in a really bad spot. They're in their own fourth and long right now. Hey, I need you to go talk to them. And that's okay. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind doing that, but you know, what I, you know what bothers me about that? It's not that I've been asked to go and talk to somebody. What bothers me about that is that you're missing out on the opportunity. You're missing out on the opportunity. You see, I, th I, think that, I think that that person has been laid on your mind because Jesus is going, I need you to carry the mat. I want you to tear the roof off. 
I don't want you to go get somebody else to tear the roof off. Like, I want you to do it. Because here's what I know to be true as a believer, is that, that when you exercise your faith like that, you'll grow. You'll grow as a believer. You'll grow as a person. You'll grow as a follower of Christ. And isn't it true that even if that's something that you've never done before, and listen, I, believe me, trust me, I know there are some of you, you're thinking right now, you're like, I, but I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I've not been a follower of Christ very long. I, you know, I don't know a lot of scripture. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Well, then let's have a conversation about that. Email me about that. Call me about that. Let's sit down and have coffee over that and say, how do I help my friend in this fourth and long? How can I carry their mat? How can I tear the roof off for this person? Instead of you going, you know what, <laughs> you're, you're the pastor, you go do it. I don't think that's the way that Jesus intended it for it to work. I think that he calls us as followers of Christ to be that. You see, these guys, these friends of this man, they didn't have a title. They didn't have pastor attached to their name. They didn't even have church attender attached to their name. But they had friend attached to their name so here's what i want us to do i want you to think of somebody that you know right now that's in fourth and long maybe you've been thinking about them the whole time but i want you to i want you to think of that person maybe they're here with you maybe they're just somebody in your world somebody you work with a family member somebody you go to school with somebody you just know but you know that they're in their own fourth and long and here's here's what i want us to do right now um go ahead and just grab your phone if you got your phone with you, go ahead and grab it, take it out. Yeah, it's okay, go ahead and take it out. Uh, if you're playing Clash of Clans, turn the volume down. But um, turn the notifications off for just a second. Uh, but go ahead, grab your phone if you got it. If you're not a phone person, that's okay too. You left it out in the car, you're awesome. Uh, but um, anyway, I want you to take your phone. I, here's one of the things I love about phones, especially uh, this one, is that there's an app on here that I love. It's called the Reminder app. And this app has saved me so much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like this joker right here is where it's at, right? Uh, and so I, I want you to just take, if you use a phone, maybe you write notes. That's okay if you write it down. Uh, maybe you've got another method of doing it, but maybe you just take your reminder app or whatever. Maybe you send yourself an email, a text message. Maybe you send the person who always reminds you of everything else, right, a text message and say, hey, remind me of this. But I want you to set yourself a reminder for at some point in the next day, whether it be later today or tomorrow, but in the next 24 to 48 hours, to remind yourself to just say, I am going to do blank for blank. I'm going to, you're going to do something. I'm going to do blank for, excuse me, blank for blank, right? So I'm going to do this for that person, right? And just set yourself a reminder and, say, and then have, have your phone or email or whatever it is that you use to, to remind you of that. Write yourself a note. And, and, and it may be as simple, it may be as simple as calling that person up and saying, hey, I was reminded of the fact that you're in a fourth and long right now and I, and I called you to pray with you. Not to let you know that I've been praying for you, but I'm, I'm calling you right now. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this real awkward for you. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray with you on the phone right now. <laughs> or you're driving. Don't close your eyes. I'm, I'm just gonna pray for you. Like you listen, okay? Like, but I'm gonna pray. For, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray with you right now. Or maybe you go to them at work tomorrow, or 
pass them in the hallway tomorrow, and you just grab them, and you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm going I'm to pray with you right now. Just gonna, we're going to make this weird. Let's do this, all right? And so you're, you're just going to do it. And listen, some of you, you're like, you've never done that before. That's okay. That's okay. We're going to pray in just a few moments. We're going to pray not only for them, but we're going to pray for you to have the courage to be able to, to tear a roof off and to carry a mat. Maybe, maybe the thing that you need to do to remind yourself to do for this person is, is you need to remind them and, and make sure that they are here with you next week. Like, you've had that sort of weird conversation with them, you know, for a while now where you're like, hey, uh, you know, I go to this pretty cool church on Sunday. If you're not doing anything, you ought to, you know, maybe come sometime, right? You're real nonchalant about that whole thing. Well, maybe it's time to, like, you know, not be so nonchalant about it. And you go to them and be like, hey, I go to the 10 o'clock service. You're going to meet me there. Picking you up at 9.30, all right? So that's how it is. We're going to lunch afterwards, all right? So that's, that's what's happening, Right? Yes, amen. And so that's, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. We're all going to take those moments. And so you can even do this. You can walk right outside of these doors right here, right out to the Ridge Central area right there, and you can go out there and you can get some invite cards, and you can take a few of those invite cards, and you can say, hey, listen, we're doing a series next week called I Just Can't. And I'm just, here's, here's the hanger for next week. We're talking about how I just can't change. Maybe you or you know someone who gets caught in that cycle of not ever being able to change. Like it's just that continual process of, I thought I was better, but now I'm not, I don't, not better, but I can't, like I just can't seem to change. So that's what we're talking about next week. So you need to make sure that they're here with you next week. But whatever it is that you need to do, that's, that's your homework for next week. And so as we, uh, as we close today, I just want to, number one, I just want to pray for them. Whoever that person is, we want to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. But also I want to pray that you have the courage to be able to tear the roof off, to be able to carry the mat, to get them to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word this morning, God. We thank you for how it speaks to us, God, how it calls us to to increase our faith, to grow our faith, God, to, to put action with our faith. Father, we pray that as we uh, think about these people that you have laid on our hearts and minds, God, God, that you give us the opportunity to tear a roof off for them. God, that you give us the courage to do whatever it takes to be able to get them to you. God, whether it's praying for them out loud, God, whether it's just going to them and, and, and letting them know that, that they need to, to be with them next week when they come to church. Or God, if it's them being able to have the courage to just say, we're going to talk about Jesus and what he's done. God, would you, would you give them the courage to, for that? Would you increase their faith? God, would you not let them be focused on the obstacle but God, look for the opportunity. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We want to have just a moment as we respond to the word this morning. And just to give you an opportunity to continue to worship and pray. And, and to pray for that person. To pray for the courage for yourself. To be able to, to tear that roof off. To, to carry that mat. So as we sing this song in response, we just ask you to, uh, to respond in, in the way that God is leading you to respond. And, and Mindy, part of our prayer team, is right over here.
AJ is in the back, back there. And if you want somebody to pray with you or you just want to go to them and say, hey, can we pray for this person together? They would love to be able to do that with you and for you. You can stand or sit right where you're at as well. But we just ask you to respond in the way that God has called you to respond this morning. And as we do that as well, we have communion, communion available up here for us as well. As followers of Christ, we come and we, we take the, the bread and, and, and the juice and we remember how Jesus carried the mat for us. The sacrifice, the tearing the roof off for us so that we could have life. So would you stand to your feet as we respond this morning?